Hey food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Whether you're looking to get on your very first store shelf or you're looking to grow your national or even international food brand, this podcast is going to teach you what it really takes to launch, grow, and scale a packaged food brand. Hear the food founder journeys of brands growing in their industry so you can fast track your food business success. I'm your host, Ainsley, and this is the Food Founders Podcast. Hey, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Today, I'm really excited to be having Bala Sarda from Vadam Teas here with us. Bala, welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Thanks, Ainsley, for having me. Uh, Very excited to be on the podcast. I am enjoying right now an Earl Grey citrus, and it is delicious. Um, how about you? Are you sipping on a tea right now as well? Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually having a Darjeeling second flush, which is also one of my favorite teas. Uh, so, so yeah. Amazing, amazing. Okay, this is my new favorite from you guys. I've tried a bunch of the different ones, but what's your favorite of all the teas that you guys have? I know that's probably really tough, but what is your favorite? I'm so curious. Ah, uh, okay. To to be very honest, I I generally like the Wadam turmeric spiced. Mm. So uh, you know, it's 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 a caffeine free uh, herbal concoction of turmeric with a few spices and you know beautiful bergamot you know taste to it. So it's also citrusy. So I I, I really like it any time of the day. Amazing, amazing. Okay, cool. So now that we've got tea talk happening, um, <laughs> why don't we kick it off, Bala? And could you just share for everyone who's not familiar with Wadam teas? Who are you guys and what are you all about? Absolutely. So, see, uh, like I said, like you mentioned uh, to the to, to the listeners, I am uh, the founder at Badam India. We are a native Indian wellness brand taking the finest of Indian teas, herbs and superfoods to the world under a proud uh, homegrown label, which is uh, ethical and, you know, wants to give back. Uh, to the value chain here in India. Uh, you know, uh, I think our, our story is uh, very interesting, uh, you know, uh, given I personally come with a lineage of over 85 years uh, in the tea industry. So I'm actually uh, the fourth generation uh, in my family to run a tea industry, uh, to run a tea business, if I could put it like that. My, my great-grandfather actually uh, set up the first tea shop in Darjeeling. So Darjeeling is basically the city uh, in, in northeastern India. It's, it's in the mountains and it grows the champagne of teas, as we call it, which we popularly call as Darjeeling. Uh, it's also one of the first tea-growing regions to get the geographical indication, just like your champagne and cognac in France. So my father, my family, like they've been from Darjeeling and my great-grandfather set up that shop in 1931, used to take teas from different gardens uh, in Darjeeling and retail it to, you know, visiting tourists in Darjeeling, right? So that's, that's really how uh, the journey has been. I, I, of course, did my undergrad, and uh, even though you know, I think um, if you if you check in with a doctor, he he will he might just tell you that I've got traces of tea in my blood. But um, honestly, uh, I I never really thought I would join the industry. Uh, very very honestly, given from the outside, it used to be very commoditized and very boring. And you know, India was generally known to sort of you know, even though we produce some of the world's finest teas. You know, 25 to 30 percent of the world's production happens in India, but there was not even a single homegrown brand from India which was taking this to the world. Right, all of these teas, spices, herbs were getting exported at single-digit margins to brands in you know uh, across the world. You know, who would then obviously sell it to consumers. So I think it's only when I uh, you know I remember after my undergrad, I went to Darjeeling 
and I was spending a few weeks at my holiday house. Uh, you know, where my that's that's the same place my dad actually was born and brought up in. And uh, you know, that's where I was looking at new ideas, and I always had that entrepreneurial bent. I had done a couple of companies in my college as well, um, and that's when I actually started going deeper in tea. And you know, these then that's when we realized that okay, there is a there's a tremendous opportunity to you know take India to the world. And you know, that's 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 how uh, you know we we actually started Madam India in 2015. Okay, first of all, your family is like the tea family. That's incredible. <laughs> oh, that is so yeah. incredible that. You know, that is literally, I, I, I'm i with you. I think there is probably tea in your blood. And it was inevitable <laughs> that you're going to go this way because your family has had, you know, such a strong, rich history of tea and bringing it to the world. So it makes sense. Your family must have been so excited when you told them that, hey, I think I want to take this to the world as a single origin tea. No, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, I think uh, my family is, I think, the happiest uh, irrespective of the fact that now, you know, we, we did not expect to, you know, reach out to so many consumers when we started off. But my my family, especially my dad is, of course, very happy. In fact, uh, you know, fun fact, Badham is actually the reverse anagram of my father's first name, Badham, right? So, um, you know, that's that's also, you know, one, one very critical part of our story, which I wanted to share with the listeners. I love that. Like, you've just taken this heritage and brought it in every part of the brand and every part of the business, which is fantastic. Did you set out to do that? Or did you set out like at the beginning where you're like, hey, I noticed there's this huge opportunity. Maybe we should go there. Or were were you like, no, I really want to bring our, our heritage and the richness of everything that India offers in terms of tea to the world? Did you know right away? Or did you kind of get there? No, I did. I I think I got uh, got there, uh, you know, uh, through through a process, right? And I'll I'll talk about that uh, and say I think that's a very uh, irrelevant question you've asked, right? I'll tell you, like I said, right? When we identified this, you know, as an opportunity, right? I of course looked at a couple of things, right? And I'm going to talk about that. One, as you know, right? Unlike fine wine or liquor, you know, tea, spices, herbs, uh, you know, they they lose flavor with time, right? So better tea is tea which is more fresh. Unlike wine, you know, which is better when it's more aged, right? And for somebody like me, who's, of course, most of my early holidays have been at tea estates, uh, you know, um, uh, I've been tasting teas with my dad, uh, you know, as a hobby for, for many years, right? But even when I was 15, 16, I think I used to do that. And, uh, you know, for me, when I actually tasted tea and for all the listeners there, you know, when you go and taste tea in India, right, in, in a garden freshly made, you know, that's tea you've never had. And when I went to markets like New York, London, I got to travel a bit. I actually realized that the same tea was not actually the same to taste when you when when you you know actually tasted it in these foreign markets. And I think the the reasons were very simple, right? The the supply chain of tea was very broken. You know, India. I think we we have great farmers. We have, I, I call them artists because you know there's there's more art in producing tea than science. And, you know, uh, they, 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 they make something very beautiful, but there was nobody to take care of the tea after it was made in the gardens, right? You know, it used to go to an auction house. Even today, I think every brand you consume from, you know, this is how the supply chain works. It's harvested in a garden in India, for example, goes to an auction house two months later, right? Not stored in the best way, right? Uh, after that, it's sold in an auction. There's an exporter from India, who would then obviously export it out via sea, which will take another two, three months. There's an importer in a foreign land. And of course, there are there might be more middlemen before it actually gets to consumer, right? And we identified that as an opportunity. We said, can we cut out all middlemen? 
leverage technology and make available a fresh high quality product to consumers right and when we did that initial test the kind of feedback we got was outstanding and we knew there was something uh you know which 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 we have here uh, in terms of the product right so that was number one and i think number two uh, nancy uh, you know uh, i think if you really look at it right uh you would you we all love to have whiskey from scotland and you know wine from france and you know for some reason uh you know there was no indian brand selling you a darjeeling or an indian chai or you know a lot of these products so we knew there was a high trust factor which consumers could connect to if if we are able to make available this brand and most importantly you know which is i think the most critical reason why we are doing what we are doing and actually honestly more than anything which is what drives us to do what we are doing the fact that these are actually the second largest employer of labor in india only after the railways right and i'm sure most listeners know this that india is the second most populated country in the world so this is a massive massive industry we are talking about and there are millions and millions of tea growers who have been facing a lot of issues over the last few decades uh, primarily around low wages you know um, poor education and basically an uncertain future right and if you really look at it the number one reason for that is there has been no value addition in, in origin right and i remember walking into a whole foods aisle 6 years back this is i think a, a, a year before i started badam and uh, you know the entire narrative there uh, with consumers was you know consumers in america were so concerned about they were ready to pay a premium for a product which gives back to the value chain right and that fascinated me uh, you know i i had so much respect you know for the country and for the people when i actually went and spoke to them because i really saw that you know they were ready to pay a premium if the product was actually you know more ethical and sustainable and here i was thinking how more direct it can be be you know we were sitting where the teas are grown right so we knew that there was an opportunity to create a macro impact retain value in origin and you know sort of uh, create a trickle down effect uh, to to our farmers in india right so that was of course number 2 and number 3 i think actually i think uh, you know if you look at uh, our aspiration of building a global brand from india you know it sounds ambitious it sounds amazing but it was very tough because india was not known to you know build global brands uh, you know we had no example to look at right you know for us to go to a foreign land and do what we wanted to do was super expensive right you know to just imagine starting vadam in 2005 the only way i could have done that was to go to america set up shop launch four products go to a retailer convince him i don't know if the consumers will like the product or not and most importantly you know where do you get all that money from i think that's where e-commerce and internet and social media came in right and uh, i think that's where we said that not only can we sort of create this beautiful brand story create value for our farmers but you know with this new distribution channel we can actually make it happen in a foreign land and you know that's how uh, we said let's build vadam as a digitally first digital native brand taking the finest of india to the world under a homegrown label without any middlemen in between and uh, you know that's that's truly what we started vadam with in 2015 and that's that's exactly what we have been doing for the last few years and hopefully we'll continue to do for many more years it blows my mind that up until you started this this did not exist like that blows my mind when you think about it and as soon as you said like 
you, you know, you were talking about the Darjeeling, Darjeeling, I can never pronounce that, Darjeeling, how do I say? Darjeeling, you, you Darjeeling. absolutely that, Darjeeling, yeah. I always mess that up. I told you before, I'm, I'm notoriously <laughs> a tongue tie. Um, like, it makes sense. That is the champagne of tea in a way. You've really been able to bring that to life and it. it's just so mind-boggling that this didn't happen before. And I, I'm so excited that you have brought this forward. I know everyone is. And like your commitment to transparency and to those values bleeds into everything that you do, which I do want to touch on um, in a number of ways. But I first want to dig into, okay, you launched digitally. What did that look like for you? You launched digitally first. You were e-com only. Let's be honest, tons of people do that and they do not become the massive brand that you guys have become. So what did you do differently or how did you go about it to make sure that you stood out in the crowded online marketplace to reach the right consumers and build your brand and drive your sales? Right. No, absolutely. Again, I think a very important question. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, right? You know, we had no magic potion. You know, I was 23 years old when I started. You know, I was figuring out everything I was doing, right? I had no idea about marketing, operations, supply chain. I just knew this is a great product. I understood the product and I knew people would love it. Uh, and uh, so honestly, and see for us right from day one, if you look at how we have built the brand is actually everything I just told you or I'm going to tell you on the podcast is what our marketing strategy is, right? I mean, if you today open any pack of Badam teas, right? So we sell hundreds and thousands of units every month now, every year now, my bad. And all of these units, every pack of Badam teas has a letter from me, which tells the consumer this exact story I'm telling them, right? So for us, it was, you know, the fact that, you know, this is what it is. You know, this is the problem we are trying to solve. And this is why we believe you will love this product. Um, and our story and everything we're trying to do. And this can actually create a positive impact for the environment, uh, for, for, the, for the community and for, for our people here. And, you know, when we did that, you know, I think, uh, you know, people just sort of, uh, I think uh, the, the way we did that, you know, was very, very natural, very basic, very simple. And I think that's what really, I think, uh, I still, I, I'm still trying to figure out what, what really works. But uh, I think that's, that's what our consumers uh, connected with and got us, and tried our product. And I think, Ansi, you know that uh, as a consumer brand, you know, you're, you're, you know, you can do everything till your consumer tries the product. After that, it's the product, right? That has to obviously, uh, you know, be, be the product has to be honest. The product has to be real. Uh, and I think that honestly, we believe is something we put a lot of effort in, right, from our manufacturing here in India. I uh, would love to talk about it as well. But we do a lot behind the scenes to make available a high quality product. And I think that's how we realized that once they tried it, you know, they ended up telling a few people and, you know, it just started, started snowballing for us from there. Right. So to be honest, that's, that's what we have done all these years. Well, and you do a fantastic job and you, I bang on in terms of like, you need to get the brand out there. You need to talk about your story. And then once they try your product, then that's when all that upfront piece actually happens. And you guys do, I think such a great job of using your package to tell your story in all the different ways. So like there is that note from you in there, right on the pack, it talks about when it was packaged, when it was, when it's going to like be its optimal freshness. Like those are pieces that you just don't see. And you talk about your social cause right on your package as well, which I know is so important and dear for you guys. Can you talk about that and also share 
is that something you built in right from day one? Or is that something that kind of evolved as the company evolved? So I'd say, honestly, uh, on our sustainability piece, right from day one, like I told you, we knew that if we can make available a high quality brand, homegrown brand from India and retain value in India, there would be a trickle down effect. And if you see any industry, right, look at Sri Lanka, look at, you know, look at the, the whiskey industry in Scotland, right? Look at any of these industries, look at technology in Japan, right? I think uh, it has brought prosperity to its people uh, and, uh, you know, uh, to the farmers involved in all of these products if, you know, you could actually take that to the world. But honestly, a couple of years into the journey, we realized that an impact like that takes time, right? It's something which is a macro impact. This is a big country. You know, we are a big manufacturer. of It takes time. Of course, today we are seeing some impact of that, you know, with Vadam being out there, we hopefully will see more brands coming from India uh, and more brands, you know, making available this promise to consumers, uh, which will, of course, make help, uh, you know, people get a better, uh, the farmers get a better price in the long run. Uh, but two years into our journey, what we realized was as we do this on a macro level, we also would love to create micro impact on a micro ground level on an everyday basis, right? And that's, you know, that's the general, you know, as, a, as an entrepreneur, when you sort of build your business, that's something which generally and, you know, very naturally came to me that, you know, what can we do today, right, which will make lives better. And that's when I, uh, you know, decided to launch our first and most critical initiative called Teach Me, which is basically uh, where we said, let's allocate 1% of our revenue towards the education of our T-Gross children. You know, and I'll tell you why we chose this. Um, you know, there are a bunch of problems in, in the regions we work with, right? Education, sanitation, insurance. Uh, you know, of course, we went, spoke to the T estate owners, spoke to the farmers, spoke to people on ground. But one thing we identified was if you could solve for education, a lot of these problems will automatically get solved for, right? And that's why we picked this up. Uh, 2007, we, uh, 2017 is when we launched Teach Me. The progression to that was a couple of years into the journey. We, of course, ended up funding over uh, 5,000 children, you know, through that program over the next two years via direct scholarships, right? So what we were doing, that the, the money we were able to collect, we were straight away paying that through uh, as scholarships, uh, you know, for education of, uh, of these children uh, who were underprivileged in these regions. But very soon into the journey, we took the next step and we realized that, you know, more than the fact that, you know, uh, um, uh, they, there was no access to education. The bigger problem was access to quality education, right? And that's what made us think about taking this to the second level. And, uh, you know, recently, uh, which is, I think, a year from today, I think eight, 10 months back, we did a partnership with the world's largest tech, uh, ed tech startup called Baiju's, which is, of course, again, an Indian company, where what we said was, you give us access to your academic programs, which are anywhere between $500 to $700, per student. Uh, of course, nobody can uh, afford that in the regions we are talking about. And we will distribute that to these T-Gross children absolutely free and also help them with device support, right? So that's what we did. Uh, Baiju's has, of course, we've signed an MOU with them where they've committed 100,000 academic program access, which is, if you look at it, that's education worth $40, $50 million, right? Uh, which now, and you know, with that, uh, I'll say what is happening is the quality of education a child gets in a city like New Delhi you know, that's the same education, you know, a farmer's child is able to get whose, whose parents are probably earning $150 a month, right? So that is, you know, that's, that's where we are now today. And uh, now what our focus is, make, partnering with folks who can help us distribute this better. So we are partnered with Broadleaf in the US, we partnered with Cry in India, 
uh, we are of course and of course we are utilizing the funds we are generating now through you know by by uh, distributing devices so that these children can actually access those programs right so that's that's broadly you know how we have evolved as a brand today we are of course uh, also a climate neutral certified and a plastic neutral certified brand so you know that's that's what we are trying to do for the environment because that's what we realize our consumers wanted so that's something we did 2 years back and you know going forward honestly this is what excites me and our team we have uh, incidentally we have also uh, you know we have this unique position in our company called a chief sustainability officer right and that person is now sort of leading charge uh, and taking this forward right so lots more to do but uh, you know very very excited to see whatever has happened and i think you know our key motto again continues to be do well by doing well so we love to do good things uh, and very very proudly talk about it to our consumers right and i think that uh, that that makes it super sustainable because i truly believe social impact can be sustainable only if it's driven by commerce well and you are making such a massive impact with your product in every way shape or form in terms of helping really lift generations of people up which is massive and helping people get that education that they need helping the sustainability this is a company truly doing impact in each and every single way and i really think it's a great model and it is clearly paid off in terms of sales you know you've got some people who love your product out there lots of people around the world you got some people also like ellen and oprah who love your product like that's massive that doesn't go unnoticed that is um clearly clearly says something about the quality that you have and that you don't just do you're walking the talk and talking the walk like you're doing both like you're truly committed to these things and having to make real impact in in the world for um anyone who is starting a food brand right now or a beverage brand and they are seeing an opportunity like you have seen what uh what advice do you have for for someone in those stages i think uh, honestly anjali uh, my advice would be one is uh, whatever you're planning to do do it today do it now i think uh, it's a great time uh, if you understand your purpose your mission your product Uh, you know do it now there's no better time than today to do it and uh, i think uh, number two honestly uh, my sense is that you know passion is something you know which you need to in- intrinsically have about something you know so i think when you can identify your passion and then start up i think then it tends to become much easier for you to you know do what you want to because then you enjoy the journey right so for me like you said right i mean i Uh, when i was exploring i mean i figured that this is what i want to do this is something i can do for the next 10 years 20 years of my life and that has really helped me you know do i because you know you all of us have bad days you know all of us have a lot of rainy days you know not every day is as rosy as it seems like and similarly for us as well right we had a lot of tough days uh, but i think that uh, that 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 passion to do what we wanted to do actually drove us in those days and you know we look back uh, at them as you know the deciding days and deciding factor to you know to our journey at vadam india right so that's honestly my advice apart from of course you know i think building a business i can go in the technicals but i would you know like stick to uh, the, this one critical piece which i think solves for everything in the long run yeah that passion makes things a lot easier down the road and i can tell like you have pure passion about not just the brand but the true impact that you guys are doing as well and i think that's really important when you are passionate it comes across in everything and i always tell people like if you are behind a mission like you your job is to get it into as many homes as possible cuz that's how you make your your passion and your mission come to life and that fuels you and that's so much deeper to fuel you than 
how many bags of tea did I sell versus how many lives did I impact? How many children were I able to help? How much were we able to help the environment? Um, That makes such a huge difference for everything that you do. I want to know your biggest challenge that you face with trying to bring this to life. I'm sure that like you must have faced a ton of obstacles, but what was something that you almost didn't expect that came up as a big obstacle that you guys found a way around? But, But what does that look like? I mean, there are so many that I can't really pick on one which was the most impactful or something which would have actually, you know, uh, been the toughest challenge we had. But I'd love to talk about a couple of the early challenges, right, uh, we faced. To give you an example, right, our first factory, right, we were very early on, we were very sure that everything we make and sell at Vadam, you know, we would want to do it ourselves, right? So every pack of Vadam teas, um, you know, everything we sell is packaged at our own facility in India, right? So it's done by us ourselves. You know, we are a BRC certified uh, facility now in India. And, you know, very early on when I started, you know, our first factory was in this small town of uh, West Bengal, right? It's a state in Northeast India. I'm born and brought up in Delhi, right? So my father moved to Delhi when he was, I think, 26, 27 years old. So I'm born and brought up here, even though, like I said, you know, Dazzling has been like my second home, um, you know. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, so, you know, when we set up that factory, right? And, you know, when you understand early on, you know, the, the first thing I did was to set up that factory in, in this city of Siliguri in Darjeeling. 15 days into actually setting it up, we actually realized that the, the moisture level in that state was so high that it was actually spoiling the product, right? And for us, this was pre-launch, right? So this is pre-launch. We are all excited. We finally got our factory out. The products are getting ready. Let's, we're time to start selling it. And that's when I noticed that the, the you know, and that's, that's known. West Bengal is a state has a high level of humidity, right? Um, this is very, very behind the scenes, very technical. But for us, because, you know, we were obsessed with product, right? Like we are still, we always will be with the product. Two weeks into setting up that factory, I had to shut it down, right? I had to move everything back to New Delhi. My parents thought that, you know, you know, I've gone crazy. My friends thought I failed even before starting up, you know. A lot of those negative sentiments, you know, around you when you do something like that. But I knew, you know, I was looking at the long game, right? Uh, in my head, I knew that, you know, okay, two, three months, probably six months a year, you know, uh, people will think I'm crazy. But, you know, if I don't do this now, you know, one is I'm not staying true to my goal uh, and my real mission. And number two, you know, I think I will not start, you know, your early consumers are the ones who actually take your brand forward, right? Your first 100,000 uh, 5,000 consumers are the consumers who build your brand, right? So I knew that, you know, if, if we mess up with that, we, we, we won't be able to do what we want to. Move to Delhi, you know, set up everything. Uh, you know, my team members thought I'd gone crazy. They, they said, we just set it up. How can we go back, right? And these are two different cities in two different parts of the country, right? Bang opposite. And did that, but, you know, I'm, I'm so glad we took that call uh, right early into that journey because that's actually helped us uh, do a lot of things right. So that's that's number one, you know, and I can keep going on and on. I think on the on the business and sales side, right, I think this is something the viewers would probably get, uh, the, the the listeners would get some value from, you know, so we, we always wanted to be omni-channel, but we started digital first. And when we said that now we are ready for offline, right, I think this is, I think three years back, we believed we were ready for offline, but we were not. You know, we hired and we had just raised some money and, you know, we hired this very senior, you know, uh, VP of sales, without even knowing what product we wanted to sell in retail, right? Because, you know, when you sell online, you, you need data. That's the beauty of online, right? You 
you you get data you identify your winners and then you take your best sellers into retail um i think you know we did that very early on right and it was a complete disaster right i think there was nobody to blame i think we had a great team but we had to absolutely after 10 months of doing that you know we had to completely shut that down and said that you know let's let's take another year understand what what will really do well and test out a few stores before setting up a team right so i mean i can keep going on and on but you know for anybody who's listening these are real challenges and you know if you're also facing them don't don't be too worried i think that's that's a part of the learning process yeah now that's those are two really interesting examples too because they're on opposite spectrums like from an op- operations perspective and then a marketing and sales perspective the consistent theme that i hear from both is the commitment to your longer term vision and being committed to doing it right versus just doing it and actually not delivering on the product or the brand or the promise or the output that you want like that Absolutely. i think takes really long term vision and that comes back to that passion and that purpose that you talked about earlier which i think is fantastic so now you guys are in retail you're showing up everywhere retail you're still online where um where can people find you online if they're like oh my gosh i need to get some of this as well um where can people find you uh so we are uh, nc available across so we have our uh, website at www.wahadamtees.com in the us for our global listeners it's www.wahadam.com you can of course find us on amazon and iherb and walmart and some of these marketplaces uh offline uh, of course we are also now in uh, approximately 800 doors so people in the east coast you can find us in bedmans uh you know people on the other side of the country in the us you can find us in all sprouts markets uh farmers markets so so yeah and of course uh, you know uh, you know if, if there's anything you would want to also you know um, talk to me about or reach out to me i am available on uh, my email id at bala@wadamtees.com and i'm of course also available on twitter and instagram at bala sarda that's b a l a s a r d a awesome bala thank you so much for your time today thank you for sharing your story and really for creating such a fantastic product that is helping so many people all across the globe in so many different ways your commitment to success and your commitment to impact is a shining example of entrepreneurship and change in so many positive ways so thank you for all your contribution thanks a lot ansley for having me on your show okay thanks 